Hi, everyone. I am your host, Tommy O'Neill, and you're listening to my podcast, Coffee Shop, the perfect podcast for you hipsters to sit down and sip on your $8 chai tea lattes and learn about some of today's hottest books, TV shows, and movies. Today, we'll be talking about Hogwarts Legacy, which is one of the most popular games in the market right now. And just as a little disclaimer, the Hogwarts Legacy website notes that Rowling isn't involved in the creation of Hogwarts Legacy. However, her writing is the foundation, obviously, for the project and still profits off the sales. I in no way, shape, or form support Rowling and the comments that she has once made on Twitter. So to just get into the main story of Hogwarts Legacy... The main story of Hogwarts Legacy sees players take on the role of a young witch or wizard in the midst of a goblin rebellion. As they explore the school of witchcraft and wizardry and the areas that surround it, they'll find out, find out about an ancient type of magic that had long been thought lost to the wizarding world. They'll also be introduced to a huge cast of interesting original characters as they take classes, complete assignments for their professors, and learn powerful new spells that can help them on their journey. The game's narrative is broken up into 13 main story quests, which each consisting of several smaller subquests and missions. A lot of the objectives that players will be tasked with completing are relatively straightforward and shouldn't require too much thought or effort, though there are many times, or maybe times, when players find themselves struggling with a particularly tricky puzzle or enemy encounter. In these situations, Game Rant's Hogwarts Legacy walkthrough and individual puzzle guides should come in handy. So as for some of the game info here, it was released on Windows, PlayStation, and Xbox on February 10th, 2023. Within the first two weeks of its launch, the game sold more than 12 million copies, generating 85 million, breaking company records for Warner Bros. Games, which was responsible for producing it. Its launch was bigger than other popular titles such as Red Dead Redemption 2 and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And the cool thing about the game is that the game story takes place about 100 years prior to the events of the books and films, which I thought was pretty cool, because as of right now, I have about 9 to 10 hours in the game, so obviously I haven't been through the entire thing, but that's one of the first things I picked up on was I kind of went into the game blind here, not really knowing too, 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 too much until I researched some of it to record this podcast. And I was surprised that the game took place 100 years prior because I was thinking that I would be running around with Ron and Harry Potter or something, but that really wasn't the case. So some of my favorite game features are the Wizard Duels, which is a unique take on range combat where no aiming is required, but there is a lot of spacing, dodging, and countering, which is key. If you've ever played like one of the Batman games, think of it as like a cooldowns kind of thing, but with a lot more murder involved. There is a lot of exploration, and the world is surprisingly large and gets bigger when you can simply fly anywhere you want anytime, which I actually haven't got to quite yet, but I've seen clips of people kind of flying around on the broomsticks exploring the Hogwarts kind of campus, and it looks really, really cool. As for the loot, you get clothes cloaks, scarves, facewares, and hats that have a Destiny or Destiny 2-like offensive and defensive stats. But you can just set your cosmetic look to whatever you want, which I really like, I think. Like getting to design my character with the unique outfits and not worrying about the kind of those offensive and defensive stats is really cool. 
because like a lot of popular MMOs like Destiny, like I mentioned, sometimes you kind of just are shit out of luck and you have to have a certain cosmetic on if you want like the certain ability or certain stat. But the Hogwarts Legacy game makes it really, really interesting where you can kind of just set the cosmetic look to whatever you want and you don't have to worry about those stats like I mentioned. As for the collectibles, there's a seemingly endless list of things that you can find across across Hogwarts, often concealed behind some kind of puzzle, which is not enticing enough to seek out, but fun to grab on the way to bigger things. And talking. So you do a lot of talking to other NPCs, often with two or three dialogue choices that express a chosen personality within the bounds, but only rarely seems to influence the outcome of interactions. Another thing I liked was the Room of Requirement, which is a personalized living space for your wizard with an almost Animal Crossing level of decoration options. And eventually, as you progress, the room gets bigger. One of the things that I thought was interesting was your character's house selection, which when you get to the Sorting Hat, you kind of just are asked what house that you want, or you get the option to override what the hat had chose for you. And it only asks you two questions in order to sort of pick your house. And it asks you those obvious questions like, oh, Gryffindor is bravery or like, oh, Slytherin is like ambition kind of thing. So if you've already taken like a BuzzFeed quiz, then you'll obviously know kind of where the questions are leading you. And I was kind of personally, I was hoping for some kind of like in-depth level kind of quiz that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get the house outcome based on your responses but and depending on each house that you chose you get a unique quest which is a part of the main quest line and it depends on the house that you chose so if you don't want to get spoiled for the house quest just feel free to skip over the next minute or two because i'll be talking about each house and each specific quest you get for your house so for Gryffindor students, you'll embark on the hunt for the missing pages, where you'll meet nearly Headless Nick and join the Headless Hunt. For Ravenclaw students, they start the hunt for Ollivander's heirloom, where you investigate the Allery. Slytherin students will become Scrope's Last Hope, which includes following a series of map clues to meet Headmaster Black's house elf and find a secret grotto. And as for Hufflepuff students, you seek out the Prisoner of Love, including a trip to the infamous Azkaban prison to solve a murder mystery. So out of those four, I think Hufflepuff kind of gets the more interesting main quest there because going into Azkaban would be really freaking cool if you ask me. And I don't know if they did that on purpose because I know almost everybody will either be choosing Gryffindor or Slytherin because in the books, Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff students kind of get the shaft. And like now that I think about it, there isn't a whole lot of like main character representation from Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw students. I know uh, Luna Lovegood is like a good example, and Cedric Diggory is a good example for Hufflepuff. But I mean, we all know what happened to Cedric Diggory, so I kind of was. This is more like a book and movie thing, but was wishing for more of a Hufflepuff representation thing, but. I don't know, maybe they gave the people who chose Hufflepuff and are kind of true to the, the BuzzFeed quizzes that they do, that they are given this really cool quest where they get to go to Azkaban. And when focusing on the main objectives, Hogwarts Legacy is about 25 and a half hours in length, 
if you're a gamer that strives to see all the aspects of the game, you're likely to spend a little bit more time. And the average spent on not just focusing on the main quest is 64 and a half hours to obtain 100% completion. So that's honestly not too bad, but um, if you're really just kind of not looking to do, there's a lot of side quests to do, but if you're looking to just do the main story and not bother with the side quests and kind of explore and take your time getting around Hogwarts, getting used to the spell casting system, then you'll only spend about 25 and a half hours, which isn't a whole lot. So I really encourage the people who pick up this game to kind of take their time with it because you are spending a lot of money on this game and 25 hours isn't a whole lot of time in the grand scheme of things when you're playing a single player game. So to get into some of the positives that I, I wrote down, I kind of have just like a bolded list of the things that I enjoyed and the things I didn't enjoy through my playthrough so far. And one of the first positives I have is the world. You really can't walk 10 feet without a part of Hogwarts Castle coming alive. Books will reorganize themselves on shelves. Suits of armor will salute you passing by. Hedges trim themselves to perfection. Ghosts float around telling jokes. Textbooks flutter above passing students. And paintings animate or conversate as if they do in real life. So it is really just such an interactive world that's kind of going on around you. And you even get to use your magic to kind of spark things like fountains moving and things like that. So this is really cool just to walk around and kind of interact with the environment around you. And as for the plot so far, Hogwarts Legacy kind of feels like it's kind of like it's source material. And that's because it's basically, in my opinion, just Harry Potter set to like a two time speed. So you're kind of getting thrown into kind of a situation where you either play as Harry Potter or Tom Riddle. And it is really cool to see kind of the different routes that you can go down. And the parallels go beyond coincidental and well into distracting. And like I said, there's a protagonist who quickly proves to be a uniquely gifted wizard, gets loads of special attention and perks from professors who supposedly have hundreds of other students and wields a unique power that constantly lands them in real danger from villains. So yeah, it is, it is very similar to the source material, but getting the option to kind of be Harry Potter or Tom Riddle is really cool to me. So as uh, some of the negatives that I kind of picked up on is that the spell switching system isn't easy to use. And I am playing on PC, which kind of gives me more of an option for keybinds to set to things for all the, the multitude of spells that you get. But I was thinking about the people who play on PlayStation 5 or Xbox won't kind of have the options for as many keybinds. So I was really curious to... um to see if maybe the the PC gamers who have a keyboard and a lot of more options are kind of more comfortable when it comes to the spell switching and spell casting system than the people who play on controller. But one of the things to keep in mind now that I'm on the topic of console and PC is that this game is pretty graphically intense. I had to do some research to make sure that my my graphics card and CPU and everything in my computer was able to run the game. So before you go ahead and press buy, I would just make sure if you're not using something like a PlayStation 5 or Xbox One, then you make sure your 
your PC components are kind of more updated because it is a pretty graphically intense game. And when you uh, look on Steam, there's like a system requirement section where it tells you the minimum amount of specs that your computer takes to run the game and a recommended rate. So the minimum says that it requires a graphics card of a GTX 960 with a processor Intel Core i5. And for the recommended, it recommends a GeForce 1080 Ti with a processor of an Intel Core i7. So just keep in mind that if you're kind of somebody who has an older computer or older gaming parts, then that is the minimum, that GTX 960. But if you are using that minimum, then the game is not going to look as stunning as the visuals provide because you'll be running on low-end graphics, which is what I had to do because my frame rates were dropping when I was playing the game and my system is a little bit older. So that's just something to keep in mind. But I do like that system requirements um, section in Steam, which I think a lot of people kind of glance over before buying a game. Another negative I found for the game was uninteresting enemies kind of quickly made combat a repetitive chore. So if you're kind of running around exploring the world, there'll be kind of like little creatures that will come up and try to attack you. And it kind of becomes just a chore just to kind of get them out of the way eventually, which kind of leads me into another thing that really bothered me was the series of unforgivable curses, which you can learn down the line, like Avada Kedavra and Crucio. And I thought it was something for only the Slytherin house, but apparently you can unlock it by progressing through Sebastian Swallow's relationship quest chain, which he will end up teaching you. And it, the game does ring true to what Avada Kedavra can do, because if you learn that spell, then you can kind of just one hit any enemy that stands in your way, including some of the bigger bosses down the line. And personally, I thought they should have kind of maybe capped the damage amount on this spell, even though it is ringing true to the series, which it will, you know, obviously cause you to drop dead. But I just thought that that kind of ruins some parts of the game because, you know, if you're kind of just running around, just one shotting these 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 people and these monsters with the forbidden spells, then it's the game wasn't really providing much repercussion for your skewed moral compass for using these these unforgivable spells. A good part about it, though, is that students and professors will comment on your previous actions, but that's the most that they're going to do. Like, you're not going to be stopped for using these spells, but they kind of will take it into consideration, which is kind of a cool thing to see. But again, you know, nothing's stopping you from Renault running around and casting about a cadavera on on things and creatures and people in your environment. Another negative thing that I picked up on was kind of the lack of character models. And when you go up to talk to somebody, just the animation in their face doesn't really make it seem like you're talking to an actual person. So I really wasn't kind of impressed with the the models or um, some of the dialogue even wasn't very impressive to me. But if you kind of look past that, then the characters are very interesting and endearing. The characters that you'll spend the most time with are your classmates who will befriend you on campus, accompany you on certain quests, and help you hone your abilities as a magic user. 
some of the characters that I found to be more likable and more endearing is Sebastian, who is one of the morally pliable Slytherin characters, or Nat Sai, the clever and cunning Gryffindor. And spending time with these characters and improving your social links through their relationship quest lines made my stay at Hogwarts all more enjoyable. And something that I was kind of surprised with is that I found myself actually hanging out with the professors, whether it was with Professor Fig, who serves as both something as like a weird combination of mentor and sidekick, or one of my other favorite teachers, Professor Rowan, who made me love him by like his kind of his humor and making fun of me as well as other students. And each of these characters feel like an indispensable piece of the Hogwarts school. And you can find them wandering the halls, doing their thing, and or you can choose to spend time with your favorites. It's a huge important part of the Hogwarts legacy fantasy. And I think just that addition just knocks that out of the park. And back to the combat system. <clears throat> As someone who finds the wand whipping combat in the movie is kind of dull, I was very concerned about Hogwarts Legacy ability to keep my attention after slinging spells for dozens of hours. But I can admit when I'm wrong. The combat is fantastic, challenging, and utterly captivating. There's a lot more to it than just shooting balls of light out of a stick. Instead, the trick is in dodging and countering enemy attacks while pulling off creative combos. For example, you can pull enemies toward you with Asio light them on fire with a close-range incendo, then blow them away with an explosive Bombarda spell. Ch chaining together abilities to make your opponent look like complete fools never stops to be amusing to me, especially as you unlock talent tree perks that enhance your skills with modifiers and make your elemental spells forked nearby enemies or transform into area-of-effect spells. Many of the combat encounters are actually challenging too, if I'm being honest, I died my fair share of times while trying to show off a new set of spells or neglecting to see a goblin seeking it behind me. Improving your skills and figuring out which spells work best for you is a really entertaining process, filled with experimentation and the occasional maiming. There's even a perfect parry mechanic, which begs to be mastered by tryhards like me looking for that extra dopamine hit that comes from a expertly timed block at the last possible second. You'll also be forced to change up your tactics regularly, since many enemies have color-coded shields that can only be broken by spells of a particular type. For example, enemies with a red shield won't be damaged until you hit them with a fire-based spell, which means you'll need to keep a few of those at the ready. Another negative part of the game to me is that even though Hogwarts Legacy has an endless amount of things to do, it's kind of a slap in the face almost that quidditch is nowhere to be found the lore reason for a lack of the iconic broom based sport is that it's been banned for one year thanks to some pure blood wimp who got injured last year but that feels like an effort to paper over the absence of a major aspect of harry potter's time at hogwarts that the developers must have just not had the time to include so i really hope that maybe the reason why they wrote this in is because they plan on going back and adding it maybe as some kind of multiplayer aspect. But since it's a single player game, you know, that's kind of wishful thinking in my opinion. But I really think that there's the potential there to add something multiplayer based to play with other people. So as a final verdict, after kind of weighing these positives and negatives that I've been talking about, 
Despite all of the negatives, I think in nearly every way, Hogwarts Legacy is the Harry Potter RPG I've always wanted to play. It's an open world adventure that captures all of the excitement and wonder of the wizarding world of Harry Potter with its memorable new characters, challenging and nuanced combat, and a wonderfully executed Hogwarts student fantasy that kept me glued to my keyboard for dozens of hours so far. It's certainly weighed down by technical issues, a lackluster main story, and some poor enemy variety, but those couldn't come close to breaking its enchanting spell over me. And personally, as somebody who loves the Harry Potter books and grew up watching the movies, it really felt like I got the, the letter that I never, never got in the mailbox. And for those of you at home, thank you all for listening, and we hope you finished your cup of coffee instead of leaving half of it in the cup. Make sure to give Hogwarts Legacy a playthrough. It is definitely worth it. And I hope to see you all next time.